MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome into the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw. It's season one, episode 170. Thanks for the memories. Amal, the NFL kicked off their season last night. A thrilling game at Raymond James as the Bucks rally. Kick a field goal as time expires to beat the Cowboys 31-29. They do not cover six and a half, seven, seven and a half, eight, eight and a half, nine, nine and a half. And they don't cover the teasers late. Teasers early. When the game was still at seven or seven and a half, and they were teased down to one or one and a half, do cover. Game went over the total. Your reaction to the first game of the season? First of all, how impressive was Dak Prescott? You know, mm-hmm. I had always been on the fence about him in terms of his quality of play as a quarterback. Completely erased that. He was the catalyst for this team. No running game for the Cowboys to speak of against that Tampa defensive line, but that's somewhat to be expected. Not to that level, uh, but give Dallas a lot of credit. I thought you saw a little bit of the rust from a few players because of the lack of preseason. Godwin for Tampa, CeeDee Lamb for uh, Dallas. I think these players will be better as the season progresses. You know, I know Tampa was in a tight game. I think Dallas is going to be far better than I anticipated coming in. But I think Tampa is going to have a chance to have a great regular season because some of the mistakes that they had, I think, will get cleaned up as they get more reps. What stood out to me, and, and the Dallas offense was good. Tampa really couldn't stop them either. Yeah. Neither neither no. team played well well defensively. But when you needed to put a pass rush on Brady, they were not able to generate yeah. any pressure. Well, remember, this is an outstanding offensive line they had last year in terms of what they were able to do. Tristan Wirth, the rookie last year out of Iowa, in unbelievable in terms of his performance. And you look at this team, Antonio Brown adding to the mix, had a terrific game. Mike Evans was non-existent. That tells you how good this Tampa team is. And Gronk, we know why he's a future Hall of Famer in terms of how he was able to deliver when they need plays. Remember on that last drive, he gets the first catch and just how tough he is. Gronk is one of those guys... I mean, you, he's just so impossible to bring down. It, it's like one of those plays where you're holding a guy up to put a hit on him, and it's not happening. I mean, they're bouncing <laughs> off of him still exactly. at his age. He's the Bo Jackson version of Tech Mobile. A couple of drops, too, for Brady there on, on balls. that I, And Godwin was a tough catch over the shoulder. But there were a couple, a couple drops, a couple tip passes. Um, I, I kind of said, I asked you the question, who would you like in the prop most passing yards in the NFL this year? And you gave an answer, and I said, I didn't agree with it, but you said Dak Prescott would be a good candidate for it. 
Well, I thought Dallas would trail. They'd mm-hmm. give up points. So look, last they year they, they gave up 29.6 <laughs> points a game. They gave up 31 in the opener. I think it was 31 in this one. 31-29. Yeah, and so they continue that trend. The other thing I'll tell you, the big play of the game, and Mike Pritchard talked about this. I don't know if it was on air or off air. He said, if you're a wide receiver, you might as well push off. They're never going to call P.I. The Godwin play was a complete pass interference. They didn't call it. He said that on our panel that we had for Circus Sports. He said, you know they will not call pass interference, so you have such an advantage as a wide receiver. It, it was textbook. He extended his <laughs> arms and shoved them right as, while the ball was in the air. I thought that one was extremely egregious. I thought it was fairly obvious. I thought they were going to actually make the call there, and they didn't. Look, the NFL wants points. The average consumer, the better, likes totals, games going over. Game flies over, high-scoring first half. Criticism of McCarthy for the handling of both ends of halves. I don't think it's warranted in the second half in that Tampa still had three timeouts. I don't know that you can just run the ball into the middle of the line three times make them use their timeouts and hope to kick a 50-yard field goal to take a lead, they're still going to have a minute and a half left. But at the end of the first half, it ends up being a push because they miss a 60-yard field goal, which was, which was ludicrous. I thought Tampa would get, complete a pass and get a field goal out of it. But when you're in field goal range there and you could run the clock down and kick a makeable field goal with no time left, and you end up kicking a 60-yarder and giving Tampa the ball at midfield with 20 seconds to go in the half, I think they totally botched that and blew at least three points off the board. I would agree with you there. The other thing that I didn't like at the late-game situation, uh, Bruce Arians on that third-down penalty declined it. Now, I wasn't paying that close attention to it. I was watching tennis, um, and so I don't remember, was it a 5- or 10-yard penalty against the Cowboys? He accepted. Now, here's the thing, Amal. They had the ball at the 30. They actually lost five yards on the play. Play with Ezekiel, yeah. So it would have been fourth down, and they would have been kicking a 52-yarder. He took the 10-yard penalty. Oh, he did? Okay, I'm sorry. I apologize. And and put them at the 40. He did. They okay. ended up getting 10 yards back and kicked it from the third. Thank you. I, I completely yeah. missed that. But, uh-huh. um, you know, to me, when you look at it, I think a lot of the errors that we saw in the game from both teams offensively, I think they'll get cleaned up. Lamb just didn't play particularly well, but he had a critical catch down the stretch that got them in range. I do think one thing that teams need to continue to do, stop playing for field goals. You know what the coach does? They want to put it on the field goal kicker. So if it's missed, the onus is off the coach. Because if they throw an interception, they'll ask, why, why didn't you, uh, why weren't you more, or why were you too aggressive? To me, you've got to be aggressive. You know who's on the other side. Here's the problem. The, the kickoff starts at the 25. You need 40 yards to get in field goal range. Yeah, that's true. The false start with 48 seconds. He elected to take the timeout instead of the runoff. I think he only does it because he has Brady. I agree. He can operate without a timeout. This is the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's a Malshaw. We're going to look at every single game on the NFL slate this weekend. A few college games we haven't touched on, and we'll close the show with our best bets for the weekend. I narrowed it down to less than 20 of all for for this final episode. Is that why it's in the D block today? It's in the D block today. It's 18. It's a, I think this is one of the toughest college football boards I've seen in a while. And uh, mm-hmm. There's not a lot of college plays. Okay. I have I have some soccer, some baseball. I mix, mix it all up this weekend. You like the Rams to win yeah. the NFC. That's your pick. That's your bet to go to the Super Bowl. You also like the Washington football team to win the NFC East. You bet them at a plus, plus $2 mm-hmm. when it was available early in the summer. Was last night's game influential on you in that you think this – you're more confident that the Rams are going to win the NFC, and are you less confident that the football team will win the NFC East with Dallas's performance? Well, I think you have to be a little bit, right? I mean, the Cowboys looked really good. I thought Dak Prescott was probably the best player in that football game yesterday. He was incredibly impressive. But still, again, look, I think when you look at Tampa, they're solid defensively. Again, I said I don't believe they're as good defensively as everyone else seems to think they are. I think Washington's got a pass rush that's really going to cause some problems for the Cowboys. Let's see if they can maintain their health. Now, they did play this game on the offensive line without Zach Martin, which was a big blow for Dallas. They had no running game to speak of. And I think if you're one-dimensional long-term, it's going to be a problem. But this team definitely looks improved. And defensively, I don't think they were bad. They, they forced, what, three turnovers, a fumble, and two picks? I say that three that three interceptions is misleading though for Brady because one was on a ball that his own receiver went through his hands and the and the second one was just the hail mary at the end of the yeah. first half that should even be counted as an interception. I, I tend to agree with you. And then the fumble by Godwin, I don't think that's one he normally yeah. would have late in the season. He doesn't fumble there; the game's over. It's over. By yeah, the way. exactly. Yeah. If he just goes down at the one yard line, the game is completely over. They're up two possessions with three minutes to go. Yeah, but Dallas will still find a way to get the backdoor cover there because either oh, a field goal, yeah, yeah, field goal or a touchdown, probably a field, field goal. goal. Yeah, exactly. To, to get the backdoor cover. Um, I agree with your point uh, about Tampa's defense, but remember last year, they had stretches where they were an average defense, and then they had stretches where they were an unbelievably good defense when they turned the other teams over. Just a note here, Tampa Bay was negative three in the turnover margin and com- com- uh, committed 11 penalties last night. Wow. If you go back the last 100 times that's happened in the NFL, 99, one in 99. that's only the third time a team has won with that statistic. So Not what an surprised. anomaly game. 
It, it really was. But you never felt like until late in the game when Dallas was driving mm-hmm. that Tampa might be at risk. And the only reason I thought even then they were at risk is because I thought Dallas might be able to work the clock a little bit more effectively, but they got in that mode of trying to get a little bit conservative and go for a field goal. 471 people in Survivor had Tampa last night. Nobody had Dallas. It, it was squeaky bum time, but they got through. Uh, they don't have to re-enter there. I was surprised it was only 471. Out of 3,400 at the time, about 13, 14% of the entries, I thought there might be a few more. Well, I am actually surprised it was that high for a couple of reasons. One, I think there's some plays that are maybe a little bit easier from uh, my perspective for this weekend. Also, um, isn't Tampa and Kansas City one of the two teams? Like yeah, Derek, for that Derek, bonus Derek potentially just saved on 471 people a million bucks, right? Yeah. Uh, they'd have to use Kansas City now in week uh, 18 or whatever it is. Week yeah, 20. and they're playing at Denver in week, in week uh, 18. The problem is they may not need that game. That, that's the problem. Just like they played against the Chargers the last game last year, they didn't need it. They were a home They dog. had a home field, and they didn't play anybody past the first quarter. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's start looking at the games this weekend, and we'll go with the early slate of games. That's the 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 o'clock, 1 p.m. Eastern games on Sunday. And we'll start out with the team that we like a lot to win their division, the Buffalo Bills, who are hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, this was a Sunday night game last year, if you remember, at Orchard Park. The Bills won that game 26-15 to in week number 14. Emmanuel Sanders, wide receiver for the Bills, is questionable with a foot. Steelers starting outside linebacker Alex Highsmith, questionable. Backup is newly signed Melvin Ingram. Um, outside of Highsmith, the entire Steelers too deep is healthy. This line all has sat the same all week long. Buffalo six and a half. It hasn't gotten to seven. It's a little over three dollars on the money line with a total of forty-eight and a half. Yeah, this is an interesting number here. Uh, I think Buffalo is going to win the football game. I think this is one you could see teased either way by a lot of people. I, I, when you look at Buffalo defensively, they weren't great last year. I think they'll be better defensively than they were in twenty twenty. That's the one area in twenty nineteen. I thought they were more effective. And the question for me is to watch and see in this game: Does this Pittsburgh offensive line play better? because that was one thing that was really critical when you look at them. Uh, they were horrendous. Can Najee get some holes? I, he's a tough running back. He's gonna be, it's going to be fun to watch guys trying to tackle him. How many carries do you think Najee gets on Sunday? Depends on how the game goes. Um, if the Steelers are successful in this football game and in it, at least 15, if they're not, less than 15. Yeah, I'm interested to see if they're going to really try to establish the run this year. They were the worst in the NFL last year. My joke was on first and goal two, you knew they were throwing the ball four times, and it happened several times. Uh, and that occurrence here. I'm, I, as we go along, I'm going to tell what my plays are here. We'll recap them at the end. But I'm going to use Buffalo in a money line parlay on Sunday. I'm not. I don't really want to lay the six and a half. And for me, when I went through it, teasing the three teams or using the money line to pay out was better on using the money line. Plus, you you know you don't lose on those ones uh, and and twos in some cases. Uh, a great point you made on both fronts there. And something to pay attention to is in terms of the money line. Run out the numbers and see what it is. I know there was a two-team money line I was looking at. Uh, it was minus 116. The T's would have been minus 120. Cardinals at Titans. This is also in that early window. Uh, linebacker Zaven Collins, a rookie for the Cardinals, may be suspended for an off-the-field incident. Titans, uh, t- Taylor Luan is questionable Sunday with a knee injury. A.J. Brown is probable. Here's an interesting trend in this game, although I'm going to go against it. The Cardinals' last eight road games have all gone under them all. This, is, this side is sitting at three with the home team favored and a total that keeps going up. I bet this earlier in the week, over 52 and a half. Over 52, sorry. It's now 53 and a half. Doesn't surprise me. I actually think it'll hit 54, 54 and a half by game time. And the reason I believe that is neither team has a semblance of a defense. At least Arizona, you, you have a couple of names you like. That's about it. But Tennessee defensively can't stop a lot of people. I think with their offense, they should be able to flourish. I, I really think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch uh, Julio Jones and A.J. Green in this game. And you've got DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, think about the receivers you have in this game. Jones, Brown, and of course on the other side, Hopkins and uh, Green. So it should be a lot of fun to see these guys. I want to see how Kyler Murray performs and of course Tannehill as well without your guy, Arthur Smith. So and I don't know, was Zayden Collins still upset that UC Davis went into Tulsa and took care of business against his uh, Golden Hurricane? Is that what he was doing, taking <laughs> out his frustration on somebody? Do you think Kyler Murray takes a step forward this year? I think he should. Look, I- I've seen this kid. He's from the Dallas area. And Joel Klatt made a comment about him, which I agree. He said he's the greatest high school football player in the state of Texas, which is a statement. Never lost a game, 41-0. and And then in college, when he got to Oklahoma, transferred from A&M, he was dominant. He is so quick, it's hard to get a clean shot on him. The problem is he's got to throw the ball with consistency. And I think when you play on teams that don't have good defenses, it puts a lot of pressure on the offense of the quarterbacks that where you feel like you've got to continuously score or maintain possession of the football, if that can be alleviated, I think this guy can become an elite quarterback. I, I'm, I'm a big Kyler Murray fan. You know, the Titans have been to the playoffs the last two years. 
They win 11 games last year. They go to the AFC Championship game the year before. And people, people forget about how bad their defense was, statistically. A bottom five defense here. And I agree with you. I think this is going to be a, a game that could play in the 30s both ways. I don't really want to lay the three here. I think this game could be very close, very competitive. But I think it's going to be tough to keep either of these teams really under 24, 27 points. tend to agree with you. If you have some options of team totals, take a look at those in this matchup. I think those are ones you might want to be uh, take an opportunity on, especially if you can get Arizona at 24. I mean, if they give you the 25, 25 and a half, probably not because it's a uh, tougher number. But I'm with you, Mike. You know, a couple things to keep in mind in the NFL. Remember, the kickoff, you start at the 25-yard line. So if you get 40 yards, all these kickers, I mean, they may not make them every time. Every single kicker across the board, when you get the ball to the 35-yard line or in, you're in field goal range. 52-yard is well within reason for every kicker. So that's looking at a potential three points. You get penalty calls. The way the game is officiated, teams are much more attack mode. I I think we could see a high-scoring day, and I would expect the weather to be very nice in Nashville. This is a, a very tough game to handicap here, and, and, and the odds makers have gone back and forth as the public money has come in on both sides. And I'm talking about the Los Angeles Chargers at the Washington football team. See right now a little bit of Redskins. Redskins, I, I will never stop saying that. I should probably say San Diego just so I can complete all, <laughs> my, all, all my, my mistakes that I make. But the football team now a point-and-a-half favorite here, $1.30 on the money line over the Chargers with a total of 45 and a half. Austin Eckler is questionable. He's got that hamstring injury. And the football team's Curtis Samuel also questionable for Sunday. Yeah, look, I was surprised that they opened Washington as a home dog. Opening week of the season, upgrade at quarterback. Chargers are a team that, look, talent-wise, they should be a top-10 team in the NFL. I don't think many people would argue what they've assembled over the years. But Washington is a team that's on the rise just from a momentum standpoint, confidence perspective. And I thought Bruce Arians had a great quote after the game last night. You can't fake confidence. Either you have it or you don't, and it only rises as you become better at something. And I think with Washington, they're trending in the right direction. Now, I do think, I know a guy like yourself likes uh, teasers as well. Chargers become a viable teaser situation now. Seven and a half, potentially on a six-point teaser, eight with a six and a half. So that's something to keep in mind. I think this is going to be a tight game. Whichever team has the fewest mistakes is going to obviously win this game. You'd say that about majority of games, but in this one particularly, because I think this is a fairly even matchup. Another fairly even matchup is the Seahawks at the Colts on Sunday, also in the early window. Carson Wentz, the early reports were out five to 12 weeks. He is probable to play with his foot injury. Quentin Nelson, however, is questionable with the back injury. Xavier Rhodes, the cornerback, questionable with the calf injury. Uh, cornerback for the Seahawks, Sidney Jones, the fourth, is questionable. And the center, Ethan Pocek, is also questionable. Seahawks, 0-5 against the spread in their last five road games as a favorite, and that's the case here. They're laying 2.5 with a total of 49. Yeah, I took this one earlier in the week when we hit three. I I teased the Colts up uh, to nine. I I thought it would be too many points at home. Look, I think the Colts have a great chance to win this football game, and I thought the three is really a gift. You know, one of the things that I hate that I've started doing in the NFL for the last few years, I look at the number and I automatically add points on the teaser because the teasers are so invaluable in the NFL. We know how tight these games are. There's 32 teams. Every single person that you talk to in betting, whether they're good or not in the NFL, they all break down games in the NFL. So I think I thought that was a big number that you could take. And I actually did a seven-point teaser as well. I did a six and a seven on the Colts. And so for me, I, I thought it was a good one taking the Colts to nine and ten. Now the number com- has come back down to two and a half. Mike, I, I think if it's two and a half, you take a look at the Colts on the money line plus 125. And one of the advantages with taking the money line instead of laying two and a half, obviously from my perspective, is not that you're getting the two and a half points. But in a game situation, if the Colts take a lead, then there's going to be an opportunity. Let's say they're up by three or four points late or seven. There's an opportunity where you can take a plus money price on the Seahawks and mitigate your risk. That's the objective at the end of the day is to be profitable. And if you know how to do it, you're never in too much peril. This is the same situation in terms of point spread and money line that you had with UCLA, where Patrick said you'd be better off buying the half point up to three than getting plus 125 with UCLA. You took the money line and cashed there. Yeah, well, look, first of all, in college, I don't see the value in buying as much. Look, in some of the matchups, Alabama, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, a few years ago, those types of games, you would see it. But in the NFL, it's a different ballgame. Number of possessions are limited. Uh, you don't have the bigger plays. You don't have the missed kicks as frequently. So I, I think the points are much more at a premium than they are at the collegiate level. So that makes a difference from my perspective. The one thing that I'm looking at is, and I get the points being at a premium, as I just said, but when you take the money line, Mike, you have plus 125. All of a sudden, when the Hawks, let's say they're trailing by uh, four points in the fourth quarter, Seattle might be plus $2. 
you could just take a quick bet for half your bet on Seattle, and now you're playing literally with house money just for simple numbers. Let's say you put 100 on uh, the Colts to win 125. You come back the other way and you put uh, 50 on Seattle plus $2. You have zero to win 75. I mean, that's what the goal is. I mean, the reality is you should be in-gaming and doing this so so often. I know you and I do this all the time. We talk about it all the time. You had the play on Sabalenka yesterday. You got off of it. You actually were profitable taking uh, Fernandez. And that's the thing. If people understood how much of an advantage there is on the in-game and how to just kind of mitigate your risk or minimize some losses, it's it's so easy. There's a big difference between betting and handicapping. Yeah. We talk a lot about handicapping these games, but how do you bet them? How do you bet them once the game starts? For me, and we'll talk about this later, though, I mishandicapped that match. I thought that Sabalenka would have no trouble with Fernandez's serve. She couldn't handle the lefty serve down the tee from the deuce court. She had trouble with that all night. And once that changed, I didn't think she was a favorite anymore. I thought it was a straight pick-up match. Well, that's fair. But here's the one thing I would ask you. In an NFL game, when Mm -hmm. can you handicap seven turnovers? That's what 50 unforced errors are like, seven turnovers. Tennis is different in that. Yeah. You you can see the tennis. You can also see if a player is tiring. Sure. The one-on-one matchup. For me in this game, I would never lay the points here, but I want to see Carson Wentz. I want to see how healthy he is. I want to see him back under Frank Reich and how he's performing. This is more of an in-game opportunity for me. This is a game I think that you're looking at and you might be playing. Jets at Panthers, the storyline here, two storylines really. Um, Zach Wilson gets to make his debut for the Jets here. Uh, Number two draft pick overall. And, of course, then we have the rematch against the old quarterback uh, from USC going for the Panthers here couple of notes. Uh, you won't have Jamison Crowder to throw through. He's out on the illness uh, and COVID list here in this game. Keenan Cole Sr. is questionable with a knee injury as well for the Panthers. Is Junior available? Junior, I'm sorry. <clears throat> no, I was just joking. Yeah. I was going to say Junior's probably three years old. That's yeah. why I said that. Could be. <laughs> Could be seven or eight as well. Yeah. <laughs> You know, this is a game where I'm sure uh, some some of your Twitter fans will be more than happy to tweet at me saying, "Oh, you can't go through zero. I, yeah, I tease this, is this four, game. Just a, just for yeah. the reference out there, this number has been pretty steady at four. With the Panthers being favored, a total forty four and a half. Yeah, and I did two different teasers. I got Carolina plus two and Carolina plus mm-hmm. three. And look, to me, I don't think the Jets are going on the road in this one. You know, I had somebody call me on Twitter. I said, "You want to book the bet? Come on out here." And they kind of backed out on it for some mm-hmm. reason. They were afraid, but look. Sam Darnold is a guy that's respected by his teammates. You go back to his days at USC, kid out of San Clemente. He was a player that was respected by his teammates. I think you'll see a team that comes out and plays well for him. Matt Rule, you and I both agree, is a terrific coach. you got a healthy Christian McCaffrey. You've got a rookie quarterback going on the road. I'm going to take my chances every day of the week on a team that won two games. They might be competitive. I think Carolina's got a great chance not only to win this game but to cover the number. I don't want to lay the four because they're not a juggernaut offensively. But I think you're going to see a revenge factor from Sam Darnold and this Carolina team play well. Yeah, if you look at Matt Rule's career, and it's been in college, though, but year yeah. two is where his teams really have excelled. And now this is year two, and I think they're going to give him plenty of time. In but they were competitive very, last year. They were competitive. And let's not forget McCaffrey was out Yeah, multiple weeks. I think that hurt Bridgewater as well, not having – he obviously he was their best offensive player. Oh, he's, I mean, he's one of the top five players in the off, offensively in the league. Yeah. Uh, let's touch on this game quick. Jaguars at Texans. An interesting line here that the Texans are going to be getting three from a team that was 1-15 with a new head coach, a rookie quarterback, and a very weak offensive line. A lot of question marks for me here. Um, Tyrod Taylor under center. Mike, I hate doing this in the NFL nowadays. I used to be a big under guy. Looking at 45.5 under here simply because I think both offenses are going to struggle a little bit. I think Tyrod Taylor gives them a fighting chance to win. I couldn't lay the points here. Here's another game you might think about teasing. I think you get this number through uh, even a seven-point teaser up to ten through the seven. When we come back, we'll continue to look at the early games in the NFL. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. 
When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. VSIN is now available 24-7 on YouTube TV Sports Plus Package. Sign up today at tv.youtube.com to start your free trial. And remember, you can also watch us 24-7 on FUBU TV, Sling, and Xfinity X1. Visit vsin.com to find all the ways to watch and listen to VSIN. This is the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw. Amal, we're continuing on with each preview of each of the games of the NFL this weekend. Uh, still in that 1 o'clock Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific time slot. The Vikings go to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Uh, tight end Tyler Conklin is probable with a hamstring for the Vikings. Uh, tackle Christian Darisell questionable with a groin injury. Linebacker Anthony Barr also questionable with a knee injury. Trey Waynes, the cornerback for the Bengals, is out with a hamstring. The Vikings are 0-7 against the spread in their last seven games, and they find themselves a three-point favorite. Minus 170 on the money line of all with a total of 47. A couple of things I want to update on there. I have Anthony Barr out for Minnesota. Okay. And then, of course, Irv Smith, the tight end, as you alluded to, uh, with the knee meniscus. That's going to be a big blow for the offense. Mike, I'm not really sure why Minnesota's a three-point road favorite in this spot. I get uh, Cincinnati had some struggles. Jamar Chase couldn't catch a cold in the preseason. But I still think going on the road with Minnesota laying points remains to be seen. I love Dalvin Cook. He's a guy that needs to stay healthy and that offensive line needs to protect for him. When you look at them offensively in terms of skill position players, uh, they look dangerous. Uh, Jefferson, Thielen, Cook, these are guys that can make some plays. The question is, can Kirk Cousins deliver? And can the Minnesota defense get back to what Mike Zimmer does well, which is coach defense? They were atrocious last year. They've got to be better if they're going to have a chance here. Uh, not a game I'm going to play, uh, but I, I would lean towards the Bengals plus the three at home. I passed on this game as well, Amal. San Francisco 49ers begin their season in Detroit against the Lions. 
Wide receiver Jalen Hurd is out with the knee. Nick Bosa probable with the knee. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is also probable with the hamstring for the Lions. TJ Hawkinson is probable with the shoulder. Taylor Decker questionable with the finger. The running back DeAndre Swift is probable with the groin. And defensive line Michael Brockers is questionable. Look at the line here. I'm all it's at eight now. This has been above a touchdown for a long time. A money line somewhere between 360 and 370 in most places with a total of 46. Yeah, again, not a play for me. I don't like laying this number on the road. But you know what this reminds me of? I think it was against the Jets last year in San Francisco. It might have been week one or two. They went on the road and absolutely just housed somebody. I think it's going to be a similar situation. This Detroit team, uh, quick update. Taylor Decker's not even questionable anymore. He's going to be out. When you look at the injuries that they have in this team overall, Mike, I just have a lot of concerns about Detroit. I know they had five wins last year. They've downgraded at the quarterback position with Jared Goff compared to Matthew Stafford, in my opinion. Just a lot of uncertainty there, and I don't know if the knee-biters team, how competitive they're going to be. It's going to take some time to rebuild. He had another quote in a press conference yesterday that if people want to go back and look at it, it's uh, there, was, there, was some, there was some talk about one of his players being involved in some nefarious activities, and he said, of course, we don't want any murderers on our team. But if people think we have murderers, I'm okay with that. I I love that. You know what? Nebraska won the Prison Writers National Championship every year in the mid-90s. They were successful on the field. I use San Francisco in that money line parlay that I alluded to earlier. Let's move now to the 125 Pacific, 425 Eastern block. Uh, The headliner game, Browns at Chiefs. This is a rematch of the playoff game last year where Mahomes got hurt. Kenny uh, came in in relief. The Browns covered that number, but not enough to win in advance. And, of course, the Chiefs went back to the Super Bowl. Um, I know you've talked about this game a lot. Current number sitting at five and a half. Chiefs being favored with a total of 54 and a half of them all. Yeah, one concern I have, J.C. Treader, the center for the Browns, questionable. They're going to need him. That Browns offensive line really has been the difference. We look at their skill positions, Beckham, Landry, Chubb, and Hunt in the backfield. Addition on defense, what they have, Jadavion Clowney uh, getting uh, Johnson over from the Rams as well. I think this defense is very good. Uh, but to me, I, I want to see this team be healthy before we start kind of going all in on them. But five and a half is a big number. I would be more likely to take the Browns before I lay with the Chiefs, even though I believe Kansas City wins. Mike, th- this game, from so many perspectives, I think the Browns have a great chance to cover this number. And I wouldn't be completely shocked at all if they somehow found a way on the road to win this game, even though I think Kansas City, at the end of the day, is the best team in the AFC and will wind up with the best record at the end of the season. For the Chiefs, Frank Clark, defensive end, is questionable, facing a possible suspension, and Tyron Matthew is out on the illness COVID list. Yeah, uh, you know, the the Matthew one, to me, I, I, I think he's kind of like Jamal Adams. He's a good player in certain circles. I don't think he's quite as good as people believe him to be or the perception of him is. You know, he's, he's just a guy that's a known commodity, and, and I think he gets a lot more credit than for probably the production we see on the field. How much credence do you put into Andy Reid with extra prep time? We know his record after buys. And his record in September with the long prep leading into a season is just outstanding. They don't lose games in September. Is that a factor where what might make you, if you like the Browns, lay off this game? Yeah, I, I, that's an excellent point. It's something I considered. I, you know, I was looking at Bobby Bowden's record at one point where he had won nine straight bowl games. Co- there are certain coaches, when they have time, they're just unbeatable. Andy Reid, we know his record off of a, a bye week. I think he's got one loss in his career. He's been unbelievable. And I think something similar applies here. When we come back, we'll continue with the 130 games. season may have kicked off them all, but there is still time to make money. The VEASAN NFL betting guide is only $19.99 and is still available. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. They even have advice on the different types of contests, whether it's against the spread or the survivor pools. Sign up for VEASAN All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. This is the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He is Amal Shaw. Just pay the $20 a month. You're going to pay $20 for the football guide, college football guide, pay $20 for the NFL guide. That's two months. Just pay, pay for the subscription. That's half of the season anyhow. I got, I got to tell you, the guys that put these guides together do a tremendous amount of work into it. 
They do. And humans, when he puts it, and then humans is involved in most of them. Uh, uh, give a, a lot, of, a lot of writing, a lot of editing. Of course, now he's guided by his mentor, Ben Fox, the BP of content here at Beeson. Let's continue on in the big, one Big Chuck and Little John? The big 130 window here, Pacific, 430 Eastern. A divisional matchup in the AFC East as the Dolphins travel north to Foxborough to take on the Patriots. Uh, this, this number is interesting, Amal. It's three and a half now. It'd been three, it'd been two and a half, three, three, three. We came out with the Circa Millions three contest lines and we put it at three and a half. And everybody says, nowhere, it's not three and a half anywhere. It was going to three and a half, right? The money was going to become the money was going to be coming in on the Patriots here. Your total is 43 and a half a month. Love to see through, uh, four or even potentially take it to four. I, I think this is going to be a tight game. I think it's a field goal game either way. I'm not sure who wins this game. Uh, the matchup of the two former Alabama first rounders uh, should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to this game. I think it's going to be far more competitive than people are giving Miami a chance for. Mike, to me, this is one where the dog, excuse me, can go on the road and steal this game. Are you concerned about Tua's weapons? Tight end Adam Sheehan's out indefinitely. Alan Hearns is out until late November with a wrist injury. Does he have enough people to throw to? No, I'm relying more on the Miami defense because I think anybody can catch the ball at the line of scrimmage. All right, let's continue on in this block. Here's a game that I am interested in, and that's the Broncos at the Giants. I have a lean on the side and a play on the total. Um, Bradley Chubb's probable with an ankle for the for the uh, Broncos, but Noah, Noah Fant, the tight end, also probable. Kadarius Toney has an illness, but probable wide receiver. And other wide receiver, Kenny Galladay, is probable with a hamstring. Uh, the number here, now three. This, this game was one and a half about 10 days ago. It's up to three with the Broncos, three minus 105. So there's still two and a halfs out there. The total of them all is 42. Yeah, I didn't play this game yet, but I, I'm looking at the Giants here, and I'm looking at taking the three. You know, in the NFL, you don't get quite as much of the value on the on money line prices here. We see this one at plus 140. If you look at the Dolphins, we're plus 165, getting three and a half. So I think the, the plus three is probably a better play here. Now, if it's under three, then I think you take a look at the money line. So the three being critical. Mike, I know Brady Cannon likes the Giants to win the NFC East. I don't know if I'm on board with that, but the defense should be very solid. And I think there's enough weapons still when you look at this Giants offense to be able to take advantage of Denver. You've got Teddy Bridgewater in there. Look, I'm a bigger fan of Teddy Bridgewater than probably you are and Michael Lombardi is. But I think the one thing with Bridgewater that you know, you're probably not going to get beat beat deeper over the top. It helps your defense and your secondary in terms of how you match up and how you play your outside opponents. Agree with you on the Giants defense. Probably my strongest NFL play this weekend is the total on this game. I really like it under 42 here. You are a brave man. But... Look, Bridgewater's going to dink and dunk. The Giants do have a solid defense. And here's the problem for the Giants offensively. Danny Dimes likes to hold the ball. Please don't call him that. All right. Daniel Jones yes. likes to he likes to hold the ball. Okay. And so teams that are going to be able to put a pass rush pass rush on him, like the Broncos, are going to create problems for him. I think this game is played in the teens. I lean Broncos, but I never wanted to lay a full field goal. I like this game when it was one and a half. My play's under 42. I, I, look, I don't think it's actually a bad play from a number standpoint. It's just the way the, the games are officiated, the way you see it in the NFL. Boy, I, I really think you're holding your breath in so many instances here when you have a number this low. Well, Vic Fangio helps it, too, being a defensive-minded head coach. He's got the Hippocratic view of a quarterback. Do no harm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to a game Great that's going to be played in Jacksonville, where there actually might be fans yes. because two other teams are playing, and that's the Packers and the Saints. I have a question here for you. Do you think there'll be more Packers fans or more Saints fans at Jacksonville on Sunday afternoon? Oh, Cheeseheads. Yeah. Three teams that travel better than anybody. Cheeseheads, Steelers, and Cowboys, and you will see a ton of Cheeseheads. Zadaria Smith, the linebacker for the Packers, is questionable with the back. Um uh, Traquan Smith, wide receiver for the Saints, also questionable with a hamstring, and the cornerback Marshall Lattimore facing possible suspension. This game is toggled back and forth between three and a half and four. Currently sitting at minus three and a half, minus one oh five at DraftKings. Total here all is forty nine and a half. The Packers, your road favorite. Look, I'm not surprised in the fact that they're not in the dome, which I, I would have to put the New Orleans Saints in what the top three or four home field advantages in the NFL. Might be number one. I, Seattle, I, you put no, Seattle number. I, no, Kansas City. Arrowhead is so loud, and they've got such a great team. I think when you factor that in together, but regardless how you see it, Seattle, Kansas City, New Orleans, they're all mm-hmm. right up there. I think it does have an impact that they're not playing this game in the Dome. I want to see how Jameis does. Now, different situation, different environment. To me, the best play caller in the NFL and Sean Payton. And, Mike, I'll tell you another thing. This is a really important game for the Green Bay Packers. If they were to drop this game, it would be a bad loss because New Orleans, obviously an NFC team, a potential one that if they have a great season could come in the head-to-head record situation. 
But more importantly, coming off of that loss in the NFC Championship game, the entire offseason, the turmoil surrounding Aaron Rodgers, how did they recover if they were to drop this football game? Uh, I think this is one where if you can get four with the Saints, you take a look at it. They've got some talent, but the question, you mentioned Lattimore, potential suspension. We know Bradley Roby, who came over in the trade, is going to be out. He's serving the last game of the PED suspension, so just something to keep in mind there. How do they slow down Devontae Adams? Mitch Moss asked me if I bet uh, anybody to win the NFL MVP this year. I have not, but I did make the bet on Sean Payton at 35-1 to for Coach of the Year. That's great odds. I, I just think that there's some storylines here. Overcoming Breeze, you're not going to get to play at home. Thomas is out. I think Jameis Winston is going to be better than we thought. He had one year with the 30-plus interceptions. But look, Tom Brady has that. Tom, Look at Tom Brady. You have a different philosophy of a coach in Arians who wants to chuck the ball down the field. And he's willing to take interceptions in order to get a few big plays. That will be different here with Sean Payton. I don't think Jameis Winston will throw more than 15 or 16 interceptions this year. I agree with you, and I, I think you're right on the philosophy. I think Sean Payton's not a guy who's going to be happy if he does turn the football over, so it's going to be a big difference. And, you know, the one thing that drives me nuts with this Drew Brees situation, Drew Brees had a great career. But we talk about Drew Brees the last year like he was Peyton Manning and Tom Brady's entire career. He was not. I mean, this guy, is, it's not like his retirement, like, oh, my God, Tom Brady and seven rings just walked away. Not only did he not throw the ball 30 yards down the field, he didn't throw outside the numbers either. Yeah. He didn't have much left on his arm, and it's amazing that Sean Payton got this team to a point where if they don't fumble that ball in the third quarter against Tampa Bay, yeah. they're going to the NFC Championship well, game in Lambeau. Forget the pass interference that wasn't called against yeah. the Rams. They had the ball first. Drew Brees threw an interception. They didn't score. I mean, tell me about the greatness of Drew Brees all yeah, the time. That's true. Nobody talks about Nobody that. Nobody talks they got about the ball that. Back. They no, there's, got certain, the ball first. there's certain things you can't criticize. Yeah. When we come back, we're going to take a look at the Sunday night matchup that I know we're interested in between the Bears yeah. and the Rams, some college football games we haven't touched on yet, and our plays for the weekend. That's next on The Nuts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives, like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. 
Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. Bet Rivers has you covered for the NFL season. They are offering same game parlays in all pro football matchups. They're bringing back their reduce the juice promotion on game days. And this NFL season, they have $1 million beat the spread challenge with thousands of dollars given each week. Pro football betting is more rewarding at Bet Rivers. Download the app or go to BetRivers.com. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21. Gambling problem, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. 9 Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. This is like a drug dealer giving their guy a rehab number. Welcome back into the nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's a mall shot. You know, Al Lasso, a couple of years ago, he threw a Memorial Day party. He invited me to, and I went to, and he kids said, where's Pauly? I invited Pauly. Pauly didn't show up. I said, he's probably at the Bet Rivers Memorial Day party. <laughs> All right, let's continue on with the Sunday night game. The Bears go to SoFi to take on the L.A. Rams. Offensive lineman Tevin Jenkins is out indefinitely with a back problem. This line, seven and a half, eight in some spots. At DraftKings, it's moved to eight, minus 105. Minus 425 on the money line for the Rams. A team total 46 and a half. Of course, Andy Dalton getting the start for the Bears. I love this game. The line's actually gone up now. I'd taken it earlier in the week. I, I think the Rams absolutely just crushed this Bears team. Mike, I think this Bears team is going to be worse than I thought. You know, everyone's criticizing Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace for not starting Justin Fields. The reason why is they want him to be able to get on the flight going back to Chicago. I think Andy Dalton's going to be having his funeral at SoFi here on the field. This Bears offensive line is putrid. I think the Rams are going to take advantage of it. And I also think we're going to get to see a different offense with uh, Matthew Stafford under center. I know the concern is no Cam Akers at the tailback position, but I like Henderson. I think this team will be just fine. How about Sonny Michel? You know, I'm not as high on Sonny Michel as other people are, but I think he's going to be terrific catching the ball out of the backfield. If um, Dalton is ineffective, or maybe I should say win, do you think there's a chance that Nagy goes to fields or no, we will not see him on Sunday night. I, I think he, what you do is you wait, you give him a game plan, let him start in a situation where he's going to be a little bit more comfortable. You don't want to put him in that in, in the middle of a game where you got to throw the football. I just don't think it makes sense to do more that. injury news out of the Ravens camp. Gus Edwards injured yesterday. They're losing almost all of their backfield ahead of the big Monday night football showdown with the Raiders. It's the first time fans will be at Allegiant stadium for a pro football game. We've seen this number set at four in some places. It's gone to three and a half. Do you look Raiders now with these Ravens injuries? Total is 50 of all. Yeah, um, you know, I still have question marks about the Raiders defense. I think we have to see that. Lamar Jackson is still such a dynamic player, particularly in the regular season, what he's able to do. You alluded to it with the injuries. Also, Marcus Peters, the uh, cornerback. You don't have to be a fan of Marcus Peters, but yeah, 31 career interceptions. This guy's a three-time All-Pro. I think four Pro Bowls or three Pro Bowls in his career. Really done a nice job. That's going to be a big blow to go with Marlon Humphrey on the other side. Arguably the best tandem in the NFL, so that's going to hurt them. Let's see how the Ravens fare. Mike, I think it's going to be tough to overcome losing J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and Peters. Uh, th this is really going to have an impact on Baltimore long-term. It may not in week one. Do you think you look at the total here? We had Paul Charchian on. He liked this game under uh, 50. Does this affect the under, that they may not be able to run the ball effectively, or do you look at the opposite way if they're going to have to throw the ball more with Lamar Jackson? 
you lean towards the over. I think when you're throwing the ball, Lamar Jackson becomes more dangerous, not from a passing standpoint, but if you have the field becomes a little bit more spread out, he gets in the open field. Make no mistake about it, he's still the fastest player on the field. So for me, uh, not not one way or the other overwhelming. Um, again, I, I think the thing is, in some of these matchups, if you don't like a side, wait for the in-game opportunity. That's where you can really make some hay and get better numbers. All right, Amal, I want to go rapid fire through some college games. Some we've touched on briefly, some we haven't touched on at all. Florida at South Florida. South Florida was awful at NC State last Thursday in the debut. We've seen this number creep up past 28, now 28 and a half. Yeah, no play here, even though I think the Gators roll in this game. Potentially look at the under here. I don't know how South Florida is going to manage uh, 14 points. How about first half with Florida, 17? I think it's 17. That's it a is. big number. You give up uh, If you have a bad turnover and you give up seven points, it puts a lot of pressure on the Gators' offense. My, uh, Minnesota was respectable in getting the push against Ohio State in the season opener. They host Miami of Ohio. Yeah, not playing this game. I think the line's around 20 in this one. 18, okay. 18 and a half here to pass for you. Uh, a Big, big 12 is going to be expanding. BYU yep. said yes already today. They're going to no have more news to follow. Good move for the Big 12, adding these teams? Absolutely. You bring in UCF, which brings you Florida, recruiting BYU out west in Provo, and then Cincinnati and Houston. Big markets added as well. Tulsa at Oklahoma State on Saturday. This game goes at 9 o'clock out here on the West Coast. I'd look at uh, Tulsa here. Catching 13, tight competitive game last year. A lot of question marks with the Sooners offense. Can they be consistent? Remember, they do no Chua Hubbard back for this team this year. Also, uh, Tulsa returns 10 out of 11 starters. The one guy they do lose, Mike referenced earlier for the Arizona Cardinals, first-round pick, Zayvon Collins, but still a very good defense. It wasn't just Zayvon Collins for them defensively. A little bit of a big number, a little bit of an I-40 rivalry here. 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific window, uh, interdivisional game of Power 5's Cal goes to Fort Worth to take on TCU. Yeah, I think the uh, Horned Frogs can be able to take care of business against Chase Garbers in that defense. Not really a big fan of his offensively and what they do inconsistent. Defensively solid. I want to see how Max Duggan does in his uh, second year starting there for the Horned Frogs. Um, not a play here. If you're a Moneyline player, I would take TCU. I would look at under 48 here. Cal, not a bad play. Uh, Cal yeah. scored 14 early and didn't score the entire rest of the game against UNR. Yeah, TCU's <laughs> passing game is not as efficient as Carson Strong and uh, Romeo Dubs. SEC matchup, Missouri at Kentucky. That goes at 4.30 Eastern, 7, uh, 4, 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific. I want to see how this game goes. Connor Bazelak, company on the road. I would take the five with Mizzou here. Um, I'm not a big Kentucky fan. Let's see how this offense starts to go moving forward. They're throwing the ball a little bit more this year. Let's see if they can continue that. Remember, they played one of the worst teams in Monroe last week. I don't know if that will be, be as successful against Mizzou. Two big Pac-12, Big Ten matchups with the Pac-12 teams traveling east. Let's start in the big house. The look ahead to this was minus five. Washington against Michigan, this number up to seven them all. I would take Washington the seven here. Uh, Michigan had big plays. No Ronnie Bell in the lineup out for the season. They had four plays over 40 yards last week. I don't think they'll be able to get that same thing. Jimmy Lake's team defensively played well. It did give up 10 points in the fourth quarter, but I think Washington getting seven has a chance. I think the Wolverines win, but I like Morris and company with the seven. Uh, the first game on Fox, Ohio State hosting Oregon 14 and a half. Yeah, I'd have to see if Kayvon Thibodeau's playing. I would look towards the over here, but if I were betting a side here, I would look towards Oregon. Mike, too many points. Anthony Brown, I'm not a big fan. Ohio State going to get Cam Brown and seven banks back at the cornerback position. They're two starting corners, but still question marks with the Buckeyes defensively. I think Oregon would die and Verdell can move the ball. And if Thibodeau plays, I love the 14 and a half. Stanford uh, goes to the Coliseum to play USC. This number 17, now up to 17 and a half. Perfect segue uh, into my plays. I have the under 53 and a half here. I don't see how this game gets over. I think it's going to take turnovers and big plays to beat me. I don't see that happening from either side. Let's go to your plays now because we have about uh, a little less than five minutes left. We'll start out with your plays. I know you have multiple plays this week. Yeah, let's start up at the Carrier Dome. Not my favorite type of play, a road team laying a short number, but I like Rutgers, Noah Vedro and company. I think... Uh, Pacheco has a big day on the ground. Remember, Syracuse is effective running the ball against Ohio University, but Ohio University was a bottom 20 team in college football against the run. I have a lot of question marks with Tommy DeVito at quarterback. I think he was like 12 for 17 last week, less than 100 yards passing. And in terms of special teams, best special teams in college football, Crookshank, the best kickoff returner, and I forgot the punt returner's name. Remember, he was Big 12 Special Teams Player of the Year at Kansas State, transferred to Rutgers, huge edge in special teams for Rutgers in that one. And then North Carolina coming off the loss against Virginia Tech, Sam Howell with the big day. They're going to absolutely boat race Georgia State, who got crushed by Army. I like North Carolina, whether it be first half or game. I laid the 26 here at Chapel Hill. I think they win this game at Keenan easily. I mentioned USC Stanford under 53 and a half. Tough for uh, Stanford to put up a ton of points here, Mike. I think this game is probably a uh, 31-17 type of game, maybe even a little bit lower scoring than that. I'd be shocked that. if Stanford got to 17. 
That's fair. That's fair. I think the Trojans will play well. Then seven-point teaser in the NFL, Carolina plus three. Going through that dreaded zero, I got the lecture on Twitter from all your fanboys over there. Uh, they wouldn't want to take my bets for some reason, but anyway, uh, Colts plus 10, and then the Rams minus 7.5. I love the Rams. This is a play I made earlier in the week. Uh, line update, I would take this one up to 10. I think the Rams are absolutely going to just curb stomp uh, the uh, um, Chicago Bears. All right, let's go to the uh, to the playbook. This is going to be a mix of a lot of different things, baseball, Soccer, college football, and pro football. I narrowed it down to 18 plays them all. That's you should be able to take us out here uh, in episode 170. One play today. Um, this is a, a big matchup of teams fighting for the wild card here. Reds uh, go to the Cardinals. Lester has been good the last five starts. Molly has been terrific on the road all year. I'll play the first five under four and a half. Dodgers-Padres, huge series this week in Echevez-Ravine. But once again, bad luck for the Padres. The Dodgers line their big three up. Bullpen games, the last two in St. Louis, but now they go Urias, Bueller, Scherzer. I think the Dodgers might sweep. I put your, I took Urias tonight against Musgrove, minus 160. Tottenham has played three EPL games. They've won each of them, one to nothing. Crystal Palace, not much on the offensive side. Under two and a half here. I thought about making this a two-unit play, but we stuck with all one-unit plays. Minus 130, our favorite under team, the Wolves of Wolverhampton, We'll go under two and a half there. We do have to lay 150. If you if you like it, take it now. It'll probably be down to two by tomorrow. Fulham is taking on Blackpool. Lay a gold. Get them at even money. We mentioned Florida at South Florida. South Florida is awful. They could get beat by some high school teams. I'm going to take the first half here and lay the 17. Big game on the 20th anniversary of 9-11 in Annapolis as Air Force rolls in there. I thought Navy was really, really bad against Marshall. They are on the decline, as you said. I'll lay the six with Air Force. Buffalo getting 14 in Lincoln against Nebraska. I think they're upset alert here. I think the Bulls have a chance to go into Lincoln and beat Scott Frost's team. App State's catching nine at Miami. I don't know why they're getting more than a touchdown here. You, as you said, Miami's given up the most points in their last three games of anybody in Division I football, including Akron. The big game in the state of Iowa. Iowa going to Ames to take on Iowa State. I said I liked under 46. I decided on under 23 in the first half here. I'm going to lay seven with Texas. In Fayetteville against Arkansas, Utah, I'll lay seven in the Holy War against BYU. I took Stanford USC first half under, minus 27 and a half. You took the full game. My NFL plays, I mentioned Cardinals, Titans over 52. Texans plus three at home against Jacksonville. Falcons minus three against Jalen Hurts and the Eagles in Atlanta. Broncos, Giants under 42. The three-team parlay, Bills minus 280, 49ers minus $4, and the Rams minus 380. You know, it would have been just easier if you told us which games you didn't No, 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 they because there's a lot of college football games. Okay, By so the way, one be... play you have that I love is the Air Force one. Yeah. I, I have not bet that one yet, but I think Air Force is going to absolutely destroy Navy. Kamal, it's been fun. It absolutely Six has. Six months of the nuts. We've had a great time here. It's over. I think the pe- It's over. I think the people have enjoyed it, and I look forward to uh, bigger and better things for both of us on the nuts. Absolutely. Network. Stay tuned to VEASAN, betting across America's MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.